Today's episode of Daily DVR is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head over to CuffLinks.com right now. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. Now listen, the Delta's out there. COVID's still around. We know that. But people are going outside. You can be safe. And if you're going to be outside and you're going to be safe, you know what you're going to be doing? Looking good because you went to CuffLinks.com. Whether you're getting married, going to a wedding, you want some nice fall accessories, okay? And when I say accessories, I don't just mean, oh, that's a nice little thing there. How about some Star Wars? How about some Marvel, some DC, some Game of Thrones? Cufflink has all the greatest high-end accessories that you could want if you want to look good. And they have the fun stuff, too. All the stuff that I mentioned, all the geeky stuff that we love. So head over to cufflinks.com, use code DVR20, save 20% off today. Thank you, Cufflinks. Cufflinks.com. Welcome back to Daily DVR. We've got a great show for you today. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I've got Solo here. We're going to do a catch-up. We're just going to talk TV news, a variety of fun stuff, no particular topic on the table. We've got a bunch. How you doing, Heath? I'm, that was weird. How you doing, Heath? I haven't heard that. <laughs> Usually it's like, Solo, what's going on? Like, how you doing, Heath? I was no, feeling I'm doing Jersey. Good, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm doing good, brother. Doing good. Excited to catch up with you on some things. We, we haven't, I mean, we talk off air because we're buddies. Uh, but we um, haven't really got into any discussions lately of like just shows and different things. So I'm excited. Yeah, me too, man. Well, let's kind of start out because there is actually a big story brewing, which I think a lot of people are not hip to. And I think because it's not, it's a little complicated and it might be hard to understand, but there may be a potential halt to filming and TV production in the U.S. and Canada. Um, And this has nothing to do with COVID. This has to do with a possible strike of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, which are basically below-the-line workers, which means people like what I was, crew, um, PA, not even PAs aren't even included because PAs don't even have a union. <laughs> yeah. We're talking we should to, start one. Yeah. I, we, start used, we used to, back in New York, have um, Mike and I used to write, and we didn't start it. Someone else started it. It was like kind of a tradition. It was like local union zero. And that was the PAs. And we would take a marker and write it on the box trucks and tag some sets and stuff like that. Like we had been there. But um, yeah, no, no union for the PAs. But this is grips and, you know, all all the P all those names you see, the people who actually the guys and gals who are doing the crew work. Um, and basically what it's about and it also, but it also includes editors, cinematographers, stuff like that, you know, Uh, wait a minute. So if my, my editor on my film, if they go on, he goes on strike, he better still work. (laughs) Well, you know what? I guess he could. That's the thing solo is you probably would be okay because 
this really has to do with contracts with big production companies. Right, right. And it's a lot about hours of work. This goes back to the Haxel Wexler stuff when he, I remember back in the day, he's a famous cinematographer and director. He did a documentary about the working conditions where people work. We Hey, we just did the the Patreon about your show, you know, sometimes you end up working 16 hours and then you're driving a truck and you're tired, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is dangerous. And, and I have to say, I wanted to mention this solo because as you and I get older, it's something we talk about a lot. One of the reasons why I became a stay at home dad, I wanted to be a stay at home dad, but I also knew that the industry that I love film and TV, the hours are insane. Yeah, yeah, they are. You, you can't you can't just be uh have a normal job. You can't you can't tell people, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll be at that party." Or, "Yeah, sure, honey, I'll make that dinner." Because if you go over, you go over. I love, wait, hold on. I love that. "Honey, I'll make that dinner." That's just an accent. <laughs> I just I'm like, "What are we on Yellow Oh, Oh no! Honey, I'll go out and kill. (laughs) I'll kill that pig, and I'll make that dinner, honey. Um, But But no, you're right, dude. Yeah, no. It. it, Well, I mean, the bigger productions, you may have long hours, but that's why there's unions in place for, like, because what what happened with us, we had day rates, but when you go through a payroll company. You have to pay overtime and stuff. And we weren't going to fudge numbers to fit our budget. So we went over budget because we had to pay. Like if we went 12 hours, people got paid overtime. Yeah. Yep. And even though, you know, everyone got their day rates, which w- was really low because, you know, we're doing a low budget film. In essence, even though it costs us money, I'm glad we I'm glad people got overtime because everyone works so damn hard and it, you feel guilty. You know, people, you know, people sign up for, okay, I'm doing this for nothing. Cause I want to be a part of this project, but at the same time, humanity and your brain steps in. It's like, man, I wish I could pay these people more. <clears throat> and so it's, it's what they're worth, you know? Yeah. And so it's good to protect people for these late hours. And like you said, but like, I mean, literally for like six weeks, my life shut down. I didn't watch any sports, I didn't, you know, making that dinner. We, you know, we, we, we didn't make that dinner much. Oh, for yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, hey, you know hey. you're too exhausted. And speaking of editors, I'll tell you as an editor, which is something that I did so much because I could do it at home. I mean, I was as much a cameraman as I was an editor, but for to be a cameraman you have to shoot something right editing the unfortunate and fortunate part of being an editor especially is that you can do it anywhere at any time and it is extremely addictive it really is i've talked to other editors about this editing video is like playing a video game except you're creating the video game at the right. same time, and that is really addictive. I used to get caught up. I mean, as we talk about, as I'm talking about it, I can actually kind of feel the feeling. I'm sitting in front of a computer. I'm like, oh my God, Final Cut. You know, like, I could do this, I could do that. Let me do this, let me get this. Let me manipulate this image. Let me manipulate time. 
Um, it's just the hours thing is a huge deal, and it's a lot about what this strike is about. I'm a part of a lot of Facebook groups, and I talk to people in the industry, and a lot of people, that is the main focus, is, try, is now that COVID came, it's like, mm -hmm. hey, this is the time to strike, right? And it really should could have happened earlier, but the contract is up, of course. They have these big contracts. And there are right. people that are exempt from this, like you said. Like HBO, Warners has a separate contract with that union. And so it will not affect any HBO stars. Like all these, every anything that Warners may, it's not going to affect that. So mm -hmm. it's not going to hit, like it's not like the writer's strike there's a lot of different unions and stuff. And like you're saying, not every production has people that are actually in this union because of the size of them. Right. Um, but it's just something to pay attention to. And I just want, I don't know, had you, have you heard about it or you, uh, you have any thoughts? You know, on it? I, this is, um, breaking, breaking news. I, I was not hip to it. Cause I was hip to be square, but not hip to this. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I didn't yeah. even, uh, I didn't even know about it, uh, to be honest. So, cause I, that's you know, weird. I haven't heard anything about it. Usually, man, I guess, I guess I'm just a little out of touch these days with a lot of news and stuff. I've kind of been off social media a little bit, Good. uh, taking a break, Yeah. you know, so even news, I, I, you know, I mean, local news I'll listen to. I'm surprised they didn't, um, because usually uh, my wife will watch the news and, and let me know what's going on because I don't watch the news. I mean, during COVID, that's all I did was watch the news and the election. But like I'm back to like kind of following sports, watching some TV and just kind of, you know, working on things. So I dig it, man. I dig it. Well, I wanted to ask you, Solo, there's oh. been a... Um, Two new shows on Hulu that I've been watching Ooh. and other people have been chatting about. Our friend Mike has been doing over at One Mike covering these shows. And that is, uh, well, at least one of them. And also our friends Matt and Bubba and Catfish are covering uh, Only Murders in the Building. And the other one oh. is Nine Perfect Strangers. Have you watched either of these shows? Okay, so I hadn't had Hulu uh, until about two weeks ago. Uh, we signed up for it because all the 24 seasons are on there. Yeah, and maybe. and we haven't hadn't watched hand, the last season of Handmaids yet. We just started that the other night. So these are shows that we do I do want to watch and will be watching um, soon. And now that I didn't realize Matt, Bub, and Catfish were doing um, the Steve Martin show. So now I have to watch it because I, 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 I want to listen to them. Yeah. Well, so far it's been Bubba and Matt. A catfish, I don't think, made an appearance. Oh, um, you just, well, you said Catfish. I know. I just kind of throw them all in there. You know what I mean? They're, <laughs> they're pals. No catfish. They're pals. No mork. You know, oh. uh, no mork. Um, but I've been watching both of them, 
And um, also, like I said, shout out to Mike. Check out one Mike. He's co- he's been covering Nine Perfect Strangers, which the finale nice. premiered last week. I have not seen the finale yet, but Perry, my wife, and I have watched both shows. I give them the highest of recommendations. Usually Hulu only has like one good show at once like it's you know like they do one show and then they have another one i'm like i don't like the other one this is the first right. time where they've had two shows which i think are two of the best shows that are currently airing and i think for me i think only murders in the building is almost perfect i don't know what they could do to make this show any more of what I wanted from a Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez is awesome. I love her. My son, by the way, has a huge crush on her. Oh. That's like his first crush. First crush. Yeah, mine was Wonder Woman. His is Selena Gomez. Yeah, mine was, what was, Princess Leia. Okay. And then then Allie from the Karate Kid, Elizabeth Shue. Those are my two. Crushes. Yeah. Um I th- yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Mine was Wonder Woman and Joe from Facts of Life. <laughs> Joe. So you can see I kind of have a McKee. thing there with women who will throw me down and have their way with me solo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> ah, baby. Ha- hashtag follow to <laughs> TMI. Oh yeah, TMI. Follow TMI. But uh, what were we saying? Only murders in the building. Yes, I love this so much. Yeah, Selena Gomez is really something else. Lachlan started watching the um, Witches of Greenwich, or I don't know what the hell it's called. Whatever Donald knows of the name, I'm sure. Whatever Disney <laughs> fucking show she was on, where she's like a witch or some bullshit. And I was immediately surprised at the presence that she has. And it carries through onto this show. She just is an extremely confident actress. Like, she really does take over the screen. Even with Martin Short and Steve Martin... She's like the one who seems to be in control in the room. Uh, and it, it huh. this, this is like a, but this is not, this is kind of, I think, her thing as an actress. Because I remember really enjoying her in the Ramona and Beezus movie, which I loved. If anyone has not seen that, or if you have young kids, watch that movie with them. It's great. Now, she she's a singer as well? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I got the right so. Selena Gomez. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she dates because um, I, I think it's like a the Bieber head, or she does she dated him or something. The Bieber kid. Uh, she she makes an appearance in the Jim Jarmish movie, the zombie movie with Bill Murray. Yes, I forget the I forget the name. I forget the name of it. I freaking own the movie. I love that movie. <laughs> it's a, I, I I love Jarmish movies. It's a different He's the best. taste, but it, it just. Uh, yeah, I get a kick out of. Uh, I just like. I, I I love this stuff. The dead don't die. The dead don't die. Yes. Yeah, she's in that too. She was great. She's yeah. fantastic. Anyway, it's fantastic. Yeah. No, I like her. I like yeah. her. Yeah. And are you a Martin Short, Steve Martin fan? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. The best. I'm listening. So yeah, listening I'm diving in. 
Yeah, I'm re-listening to Steve Martin's autobiography right now because this show is on, and that's great if you have a chance. I got it through like uh, Library Cloud or whatever it is, iLibrary, iCloud, Cloud City. Well, <laughs> well, when you make that dinner, you can listen to it. <laughs> it's really great. And Nine Perfect Strangers is... Um, a lot of people were comparing it to another show I want to talk about, The White Lotus. It's similar because it's about kind of mainly rich white people, but um, Nine Perfect Strangers is much, much different than The White Lotus. The White Lotus is actually, for as strange as Mike White is, it's much more normal. That, that Nine Perfect Strangers is a bit trippy and crazy, it's got a great cast. I would suggest it. So I think you I think I think you and Lady Solo will like those and it's good too because like one's really dramatic and one's like entirely comedic. So it's yeah. a good balance that Hulu's given us. Yeah, I realize I need to get more comedies in my yeah, life. Me too. Especially after shooting a movie about a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, I I I I realize but I just love that stuff. And one thing that upsets me is the new series coming out on Paramount Plus with Jeremy Renner and Kyle Chandler. Uh, not mayor of Easttown. It's something like that. Mayor of Brunswick or something. I think something. it's called The Mayor, isn't it? No, there's it's, there's something oh, okay. tacked on. Okay. Damn it. I should I'll, be better I'll, prepared. But While you're talking, so, I'll look it up, dude. Don't worry. Okay. Because I'm so pissed because that's right up my alley. I love both actors. Um, it, it's gritty. It looks Mayor great. Mayor of Kingstown. Mayor of Kingstown. Yeah, look okay. at that. That's great. Okay. Yeah, this so, is premiering on Paramount Plus. Interesting. In November, I in believe. November, yep. Um, but it's like, how many streaming services can I handle? I have DirecTV as is with all the bells and whistles. And, you know, I have Netflix, Amazon Prime. Apple TV, uh, Disney Plus. And <laughs> you got to have everything, dude. Dude, it's insane. And now Paramount Plus, I'm like, I really want to see this show. Yeah. But maybe I'll do a free month or something. And, you know, wow. it's insane. Dude, this, is, this is Taylor Sheridan, too. Oh, is it? Yeah, dude. Look at this. Oh, I'm getting, wow, this I'm is getting something Paramount else. Plus, I guess. Oh, whoa. This is really now, I had seen one, like, kind of clip really quick of this, mm-hmm. and I kind of, I remember when they were talking about this cast. Oh, yeah, co-created by Sheridan and Dylan. Look at this, yeah. Ooh, that Kyler might be a podcast. Chan- and that is, like, they are starring in it, Jeremy Renner and Kyle Chandler. What a Yeah, I, I'm a huge Kyle Chandler guy. I freaking love him. November 14th. Now, Paramount Plus is funny. I, that used to be CBS All CB, Access. Right. And I signed up for a free trial. The way I did it is I signed up through Apple TV, right? Mm-hmm. F- for CBS All Access through Apple TV. When the trial ended, it coincided, I think, with my credit card expiring or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so when it 
like self cancel because I forgot to cancel. And then when they tried to bill it, they couldn't. Right. Right. So I canceled it. Then I changed a credit card. And for some reason, CBS All Access never canceled my account. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's almost a year now that I have had free Paramount Plus, or now it's Paramount Plus, then it was CBS. Yeah. So I've been, I watch it every once in a while, but it's like I never use it, but I have it. Um, so now I'll use it. This looks fantastic. I know. It's like, uh, yeah, there's two, you know, like just for Hulu though, too. Um, I found out a secret, which is if you have, if you want to get a Hulu trial, you have to, what, what it's dependent upon is not your email address. It's your credit card number, right? Right. So you can only get one free trial per year per credit card number. So if you keep on switching your email with a different credit card or debit card, you could get, and however many cards you or your wife or your kid or whoever, your mom, whoever has, right? You could get a trial of Hulu for a month. And that's usually how I watch Hulu. But if you have a Roku, it's not dependent on your credit card. It's dependent on your email. So you can just keep on switching your email <laughs> you just you just blew my mind. You could with keep, these. Yeah. So if you go in and try to get it from Roku, because Roku offers free trials for everything through the Roku system, right? Right. If you keep on doing it, it'll reject you. It'll say this email address has already got a free trial. You just go and change your email address. You'll get a free trial for Hulu. So you can just keep on doing it. So for so basically. You, if you did that, you'll always be on trial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the truth, baby. So some of these, though, like HBO, ha- HBO Max has a new deal where, and I might actually cancel it through DirecTV and just take advantage of their deal because it's like half off. It's like $7 a month for six months or something. Oh, wow. But I think DirecTV will match that. Right. Yeah. I well, just. Oh, oh okay, I got gotcha. you. Because I already have HBO on DirecTV, so I get the HBO Max for yeah. free, yep. right? So, oh, you're saying it would be cheaper to get the the app or go through digitally versus yes. and cancel HBO? Got it. Because what happened is HBO Warner's took everything uh, AT and T, freaking not DirecTV anymore. They spun it off. Yeah they took everything off Amazon. So you can't, so both Amazon and Apple, right, allow you mm-hmm. to use them as um, as like a main walled garden or like main area that you can then get Amazon, Stars, Showtime, right? But HBO is trying to pull back on that. So you can, I think you can still get it through Apple but no longer through Amazon can you subscribe to HBO or HBO Max. You have to oh, go okay. directly to them, which I think is smart. You know, things, and and that's that's what happens in the industry, right? Like people let, hey, you can have everything, or you can order this, and then they kind of pull back, right? You know, after they do their own thing. Yeah. So, but like you're saying, and um. Andy and I were planning on doing a whole pod 
on like all this, like talking about all the streaming services, how much they cost, like kind of doing a breakdown on it. Mm-hmm. It is fucking confusing solo, especially what confuses me is Peacock and Paramount Plus. I get them mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always told you how I hate it that it's called HBO Max because of yeah. Cinemax. Yeah. And, um, but I, I got to mention a show that I watched the first two episodes and it could be one of the worst shows of all time. Okay. But before that, I have to go to the bathroom. So <laughs> stew on that. I'll be I'll be right back. Yes, I'm keeping that in the podcast. <laughs> All right. I'll be right back, Folo. And we're back. Solo, how is your PP? Very goody. Good. That's awesome. So <laughs> So a new show that I think is miscast had potential but was that the reboot of Fantasy Island? Oh, did you even bother? Okay. Oh, it, first episode was all okay, um, and then the second episode was just. I, I, I turned to my wife. I go, "You can watch this by yourself." <laughs> oh shit! It was one of those. I'm like, I'm not wasting my time with this. Well, you know, Rosalind Sanchez is playing like the host, Mister, and Rourke. she's you know. Yeah, she's you know related to Rourke, and I think they showed uh, Ricardo Montalban's photo in the first episode. And she just—I remember liking her in Without a Trace, that show with Anthony LaPaglia mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not likable in this show. And for the lead, I know she has her own issues as a character, but. It, it's not good. And then her host that she ends up, what else? Well, I could spoil it. This couple comes to the island and then the island gives them, they're old, gives them, because the, the wife is has cancer and she doesn't have much time left. So they want to have like a last weekend. And the island brings them back to their youth. And so they're younger and stuff. And then... She ends up staying on the island and survives because the island called her and, and she stays young forever and she's going to work on the island. And the husband leaves, you know, and he turns old at the end and whatever. But she, she's not very good. Um, and, I, you know, and again, I hate to criticize actors especially, but sometimes it's just miscasting in the roles. And those are your two main roles. And it just, they don't there it's just it's off and i'm surprised really surprised that casting and the producers went this route um i mean because they're not bad actors of course but it's just the roles are wrong for them and i just can't see how the network didn't see it and it just it boggles my mind uh and and, and it's awful to boot so yeah well i mean you know it's funny dude when we were preparing, or I was preparing for this podcast, we prepared separately, of course. Um, usually we prepare together. We huddle into a closet and just really get very close to each other and talk about the podcast. Yeah, and then we come out of the closet and then, you <laughs> we'll know. Start the podcast. We'll start the podcast. Because um, we don't record it in the closet. That would be hard. Um, but anyway, 
I was like, fall TV. Oh, my God. It's fall TV. Let me look at all the shows that are premiering on the network that I'm going to watch half an episode of and never talk about again. (laughs) So I was like, why? I'm not going to talk. Let's not talk about any of the fall TV. Let's not do a fall TV preview. You know why? Fall TV sucks. Network shows suck. Mostly. Not all of them. But it's all a disappointment. There's only one show that I'm interested in seeing. Because La Brea. It's, yes, of course. Because it's too. ridiculous. I want to see it. Yeah. I, I. You know, it's funny. We, you know, usually, like you said, we prepare in the closet, but we prepared separately this time. And that was one of my notes thinking. I remember getting so excited for the fall TV preview and go through all the networks. And it's, it's changed so much now. Yeah. There's tons of reality shows. There's not much. I mean. You got like CBS kind of has the domination with the older demographic shows like your NCISs. Yeah, yeah. Now I am excited to see the new CSI. Actually, I um, admit I'm, I'm going to watch that too. I I and I have, you know what Solo. Let yo. me just quickly interject that I have recently watched a bunch of CBS shows because I never watch them and I always make fun of them, right? Mm-hmm. And I said I you know what. I have the Paramount Plus thing. I'm going to watch some of these. And I was kind of surprised, but continue. No, that's interesting because now that mayor of Kingstown, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to get Paramount Plus for a little while. And I never finished a lot of the, like the original CSI. After William Peterson left, I watched a little bit with Larry Fishburne. And then I, I didn't watch the Ted Dance and Elizabeth Shue years. And I'm considering going back and, Cause I'm about, I have a huge list and, and there's tons of shows I never finished that I would like to, I mean, I, I'm going to be watching TV till I'm 90 catching up, but there's a lot of shows I haven't finished that I, I would like to put a bow on uh, and finish them. Um, but it's just, I remember, you know, times have changed so much because now everything's like, Oh, a whole season's on Netflix of this show or that. And it's like, and it's more the in the moment, you binge it, you talk about it, you move yeah, on yeah. versus watching a whole season mm-hmm. from September to May, mm-hmm. like doesn't happen anymore. And, and how, how are you? Um, I mean, times have changed. I mean, from when we were growing up to, I mean, you know, the eighties, you literally had to watch it live to, you know, to watch a show, or if you were lucky enough to have a VCR, you could time tape, but then the time tape, wouldn't work sometimes and you can only take oh, one show god, that would be so oh my annoying. god how do we live like this? or it would do I mean, a, it would do like a.m instead of p.m oh, all the time oh. and you're that like, what shit. The hell? you come Family home from school like, that would happen to me all the time like i'd set something to record at like 3 a.m and then i'd walk in from school and it would be recording and i'd be like fuck it thought it was 3 p.m <laughs> motherfucker you know like yeah, yeah, that used to happen. And I, oh, I taped Robotech every day because that was, was like on channel 11. Um, so uh, what I want to get into a topic I want to discuss with you. So, <clears throat> I mean, I remember in the nineties, like, especially my freshman year of college, people would come into our door room and we'd watch 90210 and Melrose place back to back. And I remember this one girl when it, it was a big reveal in Melrose place when Kimberly was on the beach, she was still alive. And, and like everyone came running out of the door rooms. Oh my God. You know? And it was just like, it, it was such an event 
Um, Great way to know, meet women too. Yes. Well, why do you think I come on? <laughs> yes. So, yep. Follow. But uh, but honestly, it's like, and I remember the big mini series. Now they call it limited series, but you know, networks would have the mini series on over two nights, like V and uh, Day After Tomorrow, or not Day After Tomorrow. Um, ah, the Nuclear. Oh, I love this movie. Um, Jason Robards. Sorry, it's uh, the day after. Yeah, the day after. Uh, yeah, like, you know, m- millions of people would watch this and I'd be at the bus stop the next day talking about it with mm-hmm. my friends or on the bus, you know, and then, you know, it, it, and it's evolved into, you know, podcasts. Those were the and, original and, murder mysteries, man. How about, like, right, you know, right. yeah. So, and, and, and even when we started podcasting, we still True. had the fall tv preview and and still but like after lost and i guess you know years later with the streaming and everything you changed um you know is and and i'm a little out of touch in the last year so i mean we had the huge phenomenon of lost of course game of thrones has there been the next one happening or is it just in the moment yeah. Like one season of something like Joe Joe Tiger or whatever the fuck his name is. Joe I King. I think you're right. Solo, I, I think Tiger. people, it's good to have a conversation like this because even though through the years we have had it many times, you're right in that there still was a semblance of fall TV because like then it was like, okay, cable joined in, FX, AMC, right? right? And you you did still kind of have, even three, four years ago, but I do think that the pandemic, which pushed film to TV, so put the focus on television that there is there are no more seasons. Everything is constantly happening. So I think that because everything's constantly happening and you lose that kind of like fall to winter break, winter break to summer, right? Summer and then summer programming. Now it's just happening all the time and it includes not just dramatic TV shows or sitcoms, but the kind of TV movies that you're talking about, event specials, live specials, um, mm. mini series, right? And if a mini series is popular enough, they're going to do another season of Mayor of Easttown. And it's like they, it, would, they would not have done that five years ago, or even maybe even four years ago. They would have just said, "Okay, we're we're good. We did one season," you know? Yeah. Um, everything becomes something else. So no, I, I really think it's over. I think it's effectively just like there's a 24 hour news cycle. There's a 24 hour TV film cycle. And I also think that the debate about TV and film is over. TV wins. We see, and it wins because it's just about, uh, content delivery system. It's like, you know how they finally took down the nicotine, com- like the cigarette companies, because they called it a nicotine delivery system? Right. And then they, and then all of a sudden, all the lawyers and people sitting at home were like, oh, shit, that's right. Whether it comes in a pill, a cigarette, or whatever, it's just delivering a drug. So 
it's I feel the same way about this whole debate about let's reopen the theater. Things must have a window. It doesn't matter anymore. You can fight for, you know, go Christopher Nolan, make people wait three and a half months to see your movie. It's going to get pirated anyway, buddy. <laughs> like, don't worry. I'll be able to see everyone can see it. it, it you try your best. Right. Like you're just fighting a losing cause and I don't even argue about it anymore. I used to kind of sometimes join in on it and, I just find it boring now because it's like you see what it, it's just a content delivery system and people are going to watch on their phone, on their T I'm sitting in a room right now and I have in front of me a laptop, a phone and a TV and a closet and a closet <laughs> in the closet. <laughs> I can watch anything on any of them. What the fuck does it matter? Or I'm in right. a movie theater. Who gives a fuck? It's just a bigger screen. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It's funny seeing previews for stuff in the, the and now it's only in theaters. Like, usually it's like in theaters and on HBO Max or whatever, Peacock or whatever. But it's, it's like now they're having the only in theaters. And honestly, I mean, I haven't been to a movie theater since a few months, probably before the pandemic started. I, 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 I used to be one to always go to the theater, even by myself, because stuff wasn't as accessible. You had to go to the theater to watch movies, of course, and it took a while for them to come out on DVD or whatever. And now stuff comes out so quick. Uh, it, it's, it's, it gets a theater run. Then, and, you know, usually it was usually four months a movie would come out. Um, you know, usually it's, it's, yeah. it seems to be shorter now, even some points. They have a limited run theater. They'll pump out the Blu-ray. And I mean, I don't even know, is Blu-ray going to die because everyone's streaming? I mean, I still, the quality, I think, is still great. That's, and I, I do. Yeah, I don't know. I do so. like own in the movies, question. but it's but it's interesting because not I'm like, not everything comes out like perfect example, like a show like Mindhunter that we love and podcasts about and were, was obsessed with. Um, Still. you know, oh God, I love that it. was a limit. Yeah. So that was, you know, and the thing is too, is everyone watches it at different times. So the phenomenon, you may get the instant people watching it, but sometimes people will discover or watch these shows later. So it's kind of like, it, it, it's tough to have when you're not watching week to week and podcasting and discussing it, um, where, People may discover Mindhunter four years later. Yeah, dude. It doesn't matter. Nothing. I think that we have to fully, in the same way that I felt when I was a kid, rushing to get the TV guide fall preview. And I was, I mean, we've talked about it before. I was a TV head starting at age like seven or something memorizing when shows were on. I used to think about scheduling. I just loved television. You know, I loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, all the way up. And it took a little break in college as we do. And then I, and getting back into it, seeing the evolution. But I remember originally thinking, how the fuck does Nielsen know how many people watch something? This is such bullshit. That bugs the hell out of me. And now we know What about the 200 people in a bar that (laughs) might be watching an episode? It's ridiculous. It's all bullshit. And, and I, and I knew it and everybody knew it, but people still acted 
for the longest time. And a lot of people still do, even though now they are, tr- the networks cer- are trying to decertify Nielsen because they're upset that Nielsen is reporting that no one is watching broadcast TV any longer. And they're moving into trying to, they're, they're claiming that Nielsen is only concentrating on trying to figure out streaming numbers, which is also bullshit because the only people who know streaming numbers are the companies and they can see everything. Netflix can literally see if you rewind a show, anything you do, any button you press while you are inside Netflix is logged so they can get data on everything. They know if 4 million people rewound at a certain point of a show. You know what I'm saying? Like they track that kind of stuff. So it doesn't, all all this, we're just starting to see that there's no, I I think people are kind of, and the pandemic is I think waking people up to it a little bit more and seeing that it just doesn't really matter anymore. These classical um, ways of looking at things are really, in many ways, it's just uh, it's just about the business side of things. It has nothing to do with what we're enjoying, which are great shows. And we should be happy that there's so many companies willing to give people money to just make shit. You know right. what I mean? Right. So all this other stuff falls away. Like I haven't, I'm one of the reasons I don't go to theaters and we've talked about it before is I have anxiety. And when I go into a large theater with a lot of people in it, I can, I feel kind of claustrophobic. I would still go to films. I've been like that most of my life, but I'd still go, you go to films when there's not a million people in the theater. Right. Right. And I enjoy, I enjoy watching a film. I don't, go to those big packed houses like I used to. And I can understand how some people or a lot of people enjoy that feeling, you know, of community, right? Like at a sports game or something. I can totally understand that. But there's no denying that it's just a bigger screen, right? Like it's, yeah. you're not watching a different movie. It's just a bigger, louder experience with other people. And now, yeah. And I remember you, you know, I remember what some of the funnest times at the theater watching things. Uh, well, when the new Marvel movies started coming out and a Gl- I would go with Glenn and he's clapping and, and getting all these things. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, wow. Like I enjoyed him doing that. That got me fired up. Like, cause I saw his enjoyment. Of course, and his, you know, his emotions, yeah. especially when we saw it when the episode seven came out of Star Wars. I, I, I was like, I want to go that to that with a bunch of people. And I went with Joe and Glenn and Renata and my buddy Carlos. And we went and that I enjoyed because I was like, I have to see this movie with Glenn. Like this is his bread and butter, you know, and, 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 and I remember in the 90s, I, when I was in high school, I went to see Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And I was at the edge of my seat for that movie. Everyone was. It was so crazy. I saw that in the theater too, dude. Oh my God. Yeah, that was Basic Instinct. I mean, there's a lot. And I remember watching Basic Instinct and one guy, and it was around the time Pee Wee Herman got busted for being in a theater and masturbating. 
and there's you know the heavy sex scene. And this guy yells, "I feel like Pee Wee Herman." <laughs> the funniest thing, dude. Yeah, man, one of the but best ne- experiences oh. I ever had was seeing Alien, uh, Aliens, I should say. The week, like, what was the weekend it came out in Long Beach mm-hmm. Island? That was the best. Yeah, wow. I just saw the last LBI, Star baby. Wars movie with Lachlan. We, I mean, I still go to the theater. I just, I don't. For me, as I've gotten older the the cacophony that happens it's just like sporting events i've been to a 300 nfl football games in my life I've oh been wow to so many fo- you know i went to every jets game from 1985 to about 1997 or 98 oh that's right oh, so wow. that's eight games a year for you know, over for like 10 or more years. And plus I went to many more than that too, because I went to so many Giants games. Wow. So I went to a mill and I went to AFC champion. My father, we would drive and go to games. That's awesome. So, but I don't, like I said it to Perry, I've just gotten to an age where all the people and the trap, I just, I, it, it's not fun for me. Right. Yeah. Like I've kind of burnt out on it. It's not like I never did it. Um, concerts. I just feel that way about the theater too, but I'll still go to see it on a big screen. And I appreciate the classic idea of seeing a film and it is a different experience and you're chemically in your brain. It's even a different experience, right? Yes. hundred percent. You walk out of there and you are, you have a feeling of disassociation. You're in, you're like, it, there's an unreality about life, right? It's just like if you were locked into a, um, a deprivation chamber. There's, I was reading an article about this, that going to see a film is similar to like an altered states. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, he took a little mushrooms too, I think. But uh, it's like a similar experience. You, you are devoid of... Um, of light, right? And it's usually very cold, but then you're bombarded with sound and image and it has a chemical effect on you uh, in your brain and the other people in the place too. That's all amazing. But um, sooner or later, you know, I mean, the thing is we're sitting here talking about shit that kids would be like laughing. They'll be like, what's network TV? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm getting a call. Hold on a second. Can you hear that? No. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's on the recording. I wonder. That was that was Aaron. It came through my computer. I almost let him in. I thought we could it's all a talk dash. <laughs> oh man, I should have accepted that call. Yeah, we could have had a dash on the phone. Like, what up, motherfucker? If he, like, hey, you're okay. being recorded. If he calls again, I'm accepting the call. Yeah, accept it. Um, I want to. I want. I want to go. Wake up. <laughs> hey, Hus, wake up. Wake oh. up, hey, hustler. The but, greatest uh, moment in podcast history. I, I mean, it's just, you know what, Solo? When you have people, more people watch TikTok Ugh, than watch CSI. Uh, more people, uh, you know, look at a YouTuber than watch Mayor of East Town. Like, this is, this is the old thing is where, like, how... Nobody talks about how much money porn and video games make. They all talk about movies and TV and, and albums mm-hmm. and stuff. When like a video game gets released and it makes more money than 
like all of the top 10 movies combined. Sheesh, yeah. Because it costs yeah, you 60 don't, you, bucks a pop. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't, you're right. You don't hear about no, that. That's, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, because I, I didn't know what the hell a YouTube influencer was. Like, dude, I, yeah. I, I, I learned all this stuff and I'm like, you know, you start, I mean, and it's not even like, yeah, I guess it, it has to do with age, of course. And because, because we've lived through the different iterations and Whoa. at some point you have to stop. Like, like <laughs> I'm not going to be on TikTok. I'm not just to be hit. I'm not going to go no. at 45, 40, whatever, how old I am, 46. I'm not going to watch YouTube influencers. Now, Tom Brady's my influencer. <laughs> like, like old, I dude, buy his products, dudes, man. You know, I like, um, I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we got influenced in different ways because we didn't have YouTube influencers, but a magazine, and you see a celebrity wearing something cool. Or remember, remember the time in the nineties. I'll, I'll always remember this, and it, it always caught my eye is when you in magazines you see celebrities like shots of them walking or shots of them at the airport and they were always holding an evian water bottle you know <laughs> and it was like, just like us yeah but Dude, it, it just yeah the world has totally changed and it's it is uh, i mean so much of it is age people you know i i mean that's what i'm saying it's kind of funny people are yelling about um windows of a movie or when it's going to be released, you know, and, and you, people take it very, very seriously. And then you see, you look around and there's like a kid watching like tenant on their cell phone. I know. And then you're like, Christopher Nolan, lick a nut. <laughs> like, oh, whoa, know? whoa. In the closet. I'm just saying you can't, you're not, you can't fight the future and progress and such. And we are old people and you're right. You, there is a point at which you just say, I'm not going to do it. That's just not interesting to me. And to me, it's, you know what it is? Like I look at TikTok, YouTube and think it's like absurdist. It's like the future is absurdist dancing. Like anything where people are dancing, everybody loves it. And I do not have any interest I don't. Well, I have a little interest in watching people dance, but not too much interest in that. So long. I have no interest. Okay, I, I figured. Dirty Dancing <laughs> and Grease is about as far as I go. No one puts Solo in a Dan corner. Yeah, Dan I said that to Dan my wife the other day. I go, no one puts Perry in a corner, and she. Goes, oh, I thought you said you told your wife no one puts Solo in the corner. I'm like, why did you say that? She was like, what does that mean? And I had to like mansplain what that uh, meant to her. Yeah, like dancing with the stars never. Yeah. I just, I, well, I, but, you know, <clears throat> I'm at the point now when you're younger, you would like defend shows. But why the hell don't you watch that? It's great. And people didn't like it. You'd be like, ah, but now I'm just like, I don't care. I mean, I will watch dancing with the stars, but if someone gets enjoyment out of them, God yes, bless. Them. Yes. Like, even though I, I'm so, I was so, I'm so anti reality TV, but there's one that show that I, I don't want to talk about it a lot, but my wife watched the 90 day fiance series, all those. Yeah. And I get kind of sucked in a little bit. Oh, like you, I'm in the kitchen uh -huh. and I'm you like, like that guy, Ed, don't you? That guy who has like Ed? no neck. 
all of that freaking ma- <laughs> mama luke yeah no i but, but it's hard to no i like the one guy there's this australian guy and he he, he was dr- he drank all the time and he comes home drunk and his wife and his fiance or whatever is trying to have a conversation and he's got that you know when you're drunk and you're trying to concentrate and and he's shaking his head like he yeah, freaking yeah. is listening it's like the it was like the funnest thing because we've all done that um and you know there's just certain things and i'm like how are these people it's just it, it's insane it, uh, the, the stuff goes on and it, that you know so i'm not you know i've kind of loosened up on the reality i mean i'm not recording my reality tv i mean documentaries on the mets once upon a time in queen stuff like that but Oh, um, let's talk a little bit about that. All What'd right. I think freaking love. I thought it was fantastic. I really do. Yeah, I, it was edited. Well, yeah. Lenny Dykstra freaking. I mean, I grew up. I mean, I literally was a Red Sox fan. And, and in 85, I switched to the Mets because I love Doc and Daryl so much. And then Hernandez, Gary Carter, Dykstra. I mean, I just fell in love. My dad has has never forgiven me for for leaving Red Sox fandom to become a Met fan. And then of course in the nineties, I became an angels fan and I've been a diehard angels fan uh, since then, which is weird because I, you know, he never, I've never switched teams, you know, as a kid, you kind of do or whatever, maybe you don't, it really depends. Uh, But baseball is the one sport because I went through different, like when I was young, I loved it. And then I kind of fell off in the, you know, early nineties and then the mid nineties picked back up and different things, but it's kind of weird, but, but I always like Mets, Red Sox. I always follow them and root for them. Uh, it's just the one sport that I have like multiple teams that I like. Um, but so my dad never forgave me for jumping ship. <laughs> so <laughs> there was one time I tried to become a Red Sox fan again. And he wouldn't let me. So I'm like, oh, all right, shit. that is, I mean, that's yeah, that's cold, man. That's like my son being a, um, Miami Dolphins fan. Yeah, it's very yeah. It's, which he he did. Is he? Just, is he? Well, he is claims he, he is, but he doesn't really know right. about football. But yeah, yeah, I thought the doc was great, man. Four part series, thirty for thirty, ESPN. Um, what what's it called? Once upon a time in Queens. Yeah, and it, you it, know, it, cousin Sal it, and uh, Jim Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel. Yeah, are like executive producers on it. Yep. Um, and they talked a little bit about in the Bill Simmons podcast about get, helping to get it made, just kind of shopping it around. And I think it's the best 30 for 30 since um, the two Escobars. Well, <laughs> since the, since Simmons left. Yeah. Yeah. That that those first couple of runs yeah. of seasons of 30 for 30. I, I'll be honest. I haven't watched many of them. Um since Simmons left, as you know, they I'm suck. A huge Bill They're guy. terrible. Yeah. They're like history huge, channel documentaries, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Bill Simmons guy, as you know, and I, you know, um, and a cousin Sal and I love cousin Harry Sal. and the boys. I love, I, I, I absolutely love cousin Sal. He's great. And I, you know, he made fun of me on his podcast one time. I sent in an email, and it was awesome. Yes, um, you told me, and I but, went and listened. I love Cousin Sal. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening now, all those guys, they're the best. Parlay Kid, all those oh, dudes. Oh, Harry, Brother Bry. Ha- Harry. I, those guys are my favorite. Harry fi- gets made I'll, fun of a lot. He does, and he's good. He and you know it. what? 
He takes it. He takes it. But like, yeah, Harry one time, this was like maybe two years ago, DM me to wanted to start a Syracuse sports podcast. Oh, with I wish nice. I would, I, you know, it, it would have been awesome to do, but then, you know, that would have been, been in so the hot much fun. tub with him doing picks. I, <laughs> that's what off. I told him. I told him on Twitter because, uh, when Syracuse won their first game, there was this guy, Deuce Chestnut, had two picks. And I go, I think he was in a hot tub with Harry making picks. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, uh, the Once Upon a Time in Queens is just absolutely. So um, fun. So much tri-state uh, area shit, too. They included, uh, like, commercials. Oh, yeah. It brought newscasters. me back. Yeah. Oh, it uh, was. I mean, living in the Northeast and, yeah. you know, and but just the the phenomenon of a sports team bringing up a city and people getting fired up. Yeah. Like, you know, right. that that just was awesome. And it's um, a different new. You know what I want to say? Solo is it's a totally solo? different New York. And it's the New York that I grew up with, mm-hmm. which is not the fucking Wall Street Trump money. New York, but the shitty, they uh, like New like um what what does he say New uh, says to New York fuck you or whatever like when the government wouldn't give money to the city, um mm-hmm. they just you know Koch and just like just kind of you know I mean just a gritty city and that that what they did a great job of showing how that Mets team really in many ways was a mirror of kind of the tri-state area and Mm -hmm. what how it felt to live there and where you did like with Doc and Strawberry having so many drug problems oh my god which I I I remember in 86 so rough after after Doc had those first two amazing, I mean, his second year was one of the best seasons. Baseball, he was the best pitcher. He's my still to this day my all time favorite pitcher. Um, have a jersey. I, I love Doc. Um, but like in '86, I remember watching it. I'm like, why isn't he as dominant? He doesn't look right. I mean, I'm a ten year old, eleven year old kid, and I, you know, and then you kind of heard stuff about drugs, but it wasn't like it wasn't like on Twitter. You could go on there and find out. And then years later, you know, you find out all yeah. about this stuff. And then really recently when they did the Doc and Daryl 30 for 30, uh, it's probably the last one I watched. Uh, and, you know, and it's like, oh, my God, I didn't realize like the cocaine and, and, and all the problems. And it just yeah. what bothers me. I mean, I feel bad because, you know, drugs are bad and it can really destroy lives. And Doc and Daryl could have been two of the greatest baseball players of all time like the best in and a guy like Josh Hamilton too, who had, you know, drinking problems and drug problems, but these guys are such natural athletes that even when they w- wouldn't play at a hundred percent, they're still good. Yeah, you know, just so imagine great. if yeah. they had the, Le- they had the Kobe or LeBron worth work ethic and or stuff. Some, they could have, yeah. Oh, what they say in the show too, is maybe if somebody tried to help them, you know, and, This was a time, and the one thing I do have to say about the documentary is I I honestly wish it was longer. I wish it was more in-depth because they should have, they could have gotten a little bit more into that. And they, I mean, they touched on it the way 
the only thing baseball was talking about is we're going to have no drugs in baseball, which is fucking ridiculous. They're shooting everybody up in the clubhouse. Come on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we all know there's no difference yeah. if the opioid comes in a pill or it's heroin on the street. It's the same shit, you know, like, you know, doctors, pushers, whatever. It's stuff that can hurt you, right? And that has has addictive properties. And when that's part of the sport, right? And And I remember they talked about it more so in the other doc you're talking about that was just about yeah. the two of them. Yeah, And many sporting people have talked about it, how the clubhouse itself is an introduction to these drugs and, sure. and not sure. other players, the trainers and yeah. everything oh, else, yeah. you know? So I wish it was, a, ha, had gotten a little bit more in depth than that. I could have liked a little bit more nostalgia, but for what it was four episodes, I just flew through it. There wasn't one yeah. part where I was bored. Um, no. Nope. I just loved it. And, and, and for me, that was the only season I ever paid, paid attention to baseball. Oh, wow. It was one season. I had a friend, his name was Bobby Johnson. Bobby. And he got me into Stephen Kleinman's rotisserie baseball league. (laughs) I was 1985. So I was, or six, I was 11 or 12 at the time. And, um, I think it was Steve Kleiman and Bobby Johnson's dad dads were like doing all the stats and they got the kids into it. And then, so we, there was a bunch of us that were in this rotisserie baseball league for one year and it was this year and I, I became a Met fan and I had just gotten into football. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll watch baseball, you know? And I watched so many Mets games. I remembered, I was talking to my friend Jeremy. I remembered so much of this solo. I couldn't believe it. How do I remember yeah. Bobby Ojeda? Or like, who are these crazy Met people that all, Tim Tuffle or some shit? Tim, like, Tim Tuffle, I was at, and my baseball trip was at the city field, the new Mets. And we were like second row behind home plate. And Tim Tuffle was coaching third base and he coming, he gave me gum. In between innings. Nice. My boy, Timmy Tuffle. See, I don't, I mean, all these players, Nails, um, Gary Carter, Hernandez, the second spinner. Kevin Uh, Mitchell. Yeah, Ray Knight. I remembered all of them. Okay. I had their baseball cards. I probably still do. And then I never paid attention to baseball again my entire Mm -hmm. life. Never. I think the only other baseball games... The only World Series that I watched was the one with the earthquake. Oh, 89, Giants A's. Okay. And then I don't think I ever watched another full baseball game since. But recently, I watched a bit of a Mets game, and I said, hey, this might be something that I could see myself. It, it's a little, it's so be, nice and slow. They're slow. They're even slower, <clears throat> it seems now. Yeah. Big baseball is a different it's not like basketball nfl hockey it's quick boom, boom. baseball is a long-term investment mm-hmm. it's it's not just about one game it's about the season it's the summer it's just it, it, it's a different it's a different way of life and as a sports fan um my dad's diehard sports fan i mean he's cut it down like he's not playing fantasy anymore and stuff like that but 
Like he watched the Red Sox every day. He'll watch every game, um, every single game. And, and, and it's a whole, it's a whole process. It's a whole another podcast <laughs> you could do explain it, but it's just, even though like as an angels fan now, um, well, the last 25 years I've been, it's like, they, they pretty much were out of it in June, <laughs> you know, but, um, and, and, and it's tough because, you know, like, it's like when the Cowboys are out of it in December and I'm watching a game, I'm still rooting for them, but my mind goes ahead. Like how many games they're out, what, who's else is, you know, and when your team's out of it, it's, it, it's tough. I guess some people just drop off. I still am into it because I look at the players, the young players who's, maybe for next year, you know, and that's as a jet fan, you have to do that every year. But, um, but with baseball, it's like Shohei Otani, what he's doing right now, being a dominant pitcher and, you know, close leading the league in home runs, him and Vlad are going back and forth. But um, I mean, he's at, I think 45, 46 home runs and he pitches and he's like 10 and one with a two ninety ERA, which, I mean, it's insane what he's doing. Babe Ruth, since Babe Ruth, no one's ever done this. And it just seems like it's it's not get, in the baseball world it is, but I don't know if it's not like a cultural phenomenon, like when Maguire no. and Sosa no, were hitting not. tons of home runs. You know, Dude, My people, son doesn't know any baseball players – it's base. Yeah. It, it's 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 real. It really is. I mean, I can remember when I was younger. Um, so and, much younger than today. So true. And uh, we would talk about when football is going to be more popular than baseball, and that did actually happen. I was reading yeah. something recently that it happened in like 1993. That officially football. Um, was larger than baseball in every way. Like, well, I think the '94 strike hurt it as well, mm, big time. A lot of fans, a lot of fans, and that's why they kind of turned a blind eye to the late bloom. You know, more steroid when McGuire and Sosa were hitting all those home runs. It was starting to bring people back. I mean, people would come in to my bar and be like, "Hey, did Sosa McGuire hit home runs today?" Like, you know, it was just. But you're right. Uh, because, yeah, football in the early 90s really started – I mean, it was a different game then um, than it is now. Now it's like run and shoot and everyone's throwing for 5,000 yards, um, which, you know, I'm kind of iffy on the game. Like, it's exciting and it's great for fantasy, but at the same time, I love a defensive struggle, you know, and, 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 and that's why I love baseball. It's the strategy. It's yeah, different they'll, plays. They'll go back though. The NFL is good like that, man. You know that. I think, yeah. I think in the next five years, you're going to see a return to like letting cornerbacks knock the shit out of someone over the middle a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I, they're going to, they're going to lessen up. I think they will. Cause they, I think they do a good job of, if you look at the last year, uh, like say 30 years, since we've been fans 30 35 years of football they i think they always do a good job of it going back and forth it's just like the parody thing like right now the league has a lot of parody which is great like there's you don't know if a team is good or bad you get you get some shitty game but you get interesting games i like that you know you don't just have four dominant yeah. teams five yeah it's dominant teams i like that it's different and i think they'll push it a little bit to, you know, I mean, I even think that they've been, 
one thing that no one's talking about, and I have totally noticed it this season so far, is -hmm. that they are letting uh, defensive players hit the QB a little harder than they were in, like, say, the past two or three seasons. I've seen some pancake sacks that they didn't throw a flag on. Right, because they, they started that leverage thing. Like, if you drive them into the yes, ground, you exactly. get the flag. Remember yep. Clay Matthews with Green Bay, and they were really going nuts with that. They, You're right. They ha- They've lessened. They have, game. and even the announcers, uh, it's not talk like, you know, you occasionally you'll get a hit, but it's, it's, it doesn't seem like, or the players have adjusted, and maybe they've found a compromise in between because it was it was ridiculous because everything was about safety and the whole thing about concussions and everything and it was just every and i think people started to lose interest because it was all about that and now they i I think you're right i think they they've let up a little bit it's like they know what they're doing they're signing up they're making millions of dollars they know the health risks i mean it's like and as fans we're paying all this money to keep this league going everyone and it's just like paying direct. Let, let's have a happy medium. I mean, I don't want to see someone get paralyzed, but no, it's still football. No. It's which I did, football. by the way. Remember, I was third row. Dennis Bird got paralyzed. Oh, Dennis right in front Bird, of me. man, Dennis Bird and Mike Utley, two of the. Oh my god, that happened two. right in front of me, and we all thought um, oh, that Jesus. the other player that hit him was the player that was hurt, and it was not him. It was Dennis Bird. That was, and then I was also. Speaking of being at every fucking Jets game for like 12 years, I was at the game where he came back and he walked out onto the field. So oh, that wow. was in the same seat. So that was pretty special to be yeah. sitting in the same place that I watched, literally watched with my own eyes him get paralyzed to watch him walk mm. out onto the field a couple years later. I think maybe it was only like a year or so later he came back out. And um, yeah, what a story. But yeah, so, dude, I think the NFL, let me ask you this okay. to, to bring this back to TV. What have you thought of some announcers this season? This is something we like to talk about. Have you checked out any of the Manning brothers calling Monday night football? How do you think Romo is doing? What do you think of Drew Brees? He's fucking everywhere now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be totally honest with you. No, don't lie to me solo. <laughs> okay. I'm going to lie to you. <laughs> I think they're all amazing. No. Um, I didn't even – okay, so <clears throat> the Cowboy game, I'll listen to the announcers, whoever's calling the game because I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. A lot of other times I will watch football g- games and stuff without volume. Really? Yeah. I, I have – because of working in a bar for so long and a lot of times we play music and have the game on, Sometimes we have the volume up if it's a big game. And I I know the game so well, I just, I don't necessarily have to hear it um, to know what's going on and enjoy a game, to be honest with you. Um, I love listening to, I think sometimes I listen more than I watch. Oh yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I, a lot of it is too, because Renata's in her last year of school and if she's, working and i want to watch the games on a big screen if she needs to to write a paper or something um i kind of you know shut the volume off but i'm okay because i'm you know i'm looking online i'm watching the game um but i didn't even know the manning brothers were doing i didn't know till the day after that they had their own uh 
on ESPN2 doing their yeah. own broadcast. Yeah. I had no idea. I, I didn't remember any promotion. I mean, I'm on ESPN.com every day. Yeah, they have not I, done a good job of promoting this. Not at I, all. But I think they did that on purpose. And I think that there is an issue, too, about, oh, yeah. cr- about promoting against the main Monday Night Football show. Yeah. You know? so I, I, don't, I, I don't get what... Because it'd be one thing if they weren't showing. Because I guess I only saw a little bit. It's like and then, uh, the ESPN bullshit, dude. That's what it's yeah. about. And the NFL too. You know, the NFL has such a. If there's anything like that's, I always laugh whenever ESPN is like tried to do journalism on the NFL, and I'm like, the NFL fucking owns you. You're not doing any journalism on the NFL. Like. Well, and Eli made a crack at Tony Romo, so uh, I'm oh, uh, I'm a little better. Well, no, I just mean I just mean in general, the NFL can dictate anything to ESPN. And oh yeah, no, no, I wasn't yeah. commenting. I was just, I was just. Uh, but Eli did. Eli, I'll say, I'll tell you this. This is what I have to say. I watched the whole game on last Monday with Eli and Peyton. Peyton never stops talk. It's like our podcast. I talk over <laughs> you, and then you say the good shit. Um, Eli has great comments, but he's very quiet. Peyton itches his head constantly, the back of his head. (laughs) He must have like a hole in it from itching it, but he's hilarious. They're both great. They're both good. They are great. I I do like them a lot. It's very fun, but sometimes they do lose track of the game. You know, um, they have like Gronk on and Brett Favre came on. And he should have been wearing headphones because he couldn't hear anything. <laughs> and so I don't get these producers. How do you not tell someone they're on Zoom? You have to wear headphones. You have to have headphones on. Um, but anyway, uh, so it's okay. It's 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 very fun when they're actually talking about the game. It's amazing. When they're just goofing around, it's fun, and then sometimes you want them to get back to the game. But overall, I think it's a great experiment, and you usually don't yeah. like ESPN. It would be the type, like, perfect example why I watched a little, because Lions, Packers, I really don't care about the game. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll watch it, yep. you know, fantasy, and just I'll watch it because I love football. That's a type of game um, I'll watch it. But now when the Cowboys and Eagles play Monday night, I won't watch that. I will record it. And then if the Cowboys win, I'll go back and listen to the man one yeah. um, and watch that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm a Romo guy. He, I think he's great. Um, I think some, some people had mentioned like he didn't, ha- he didn't call a great Super Bowl. I'm like, okay. Um, all right. Whatever. What? I, I, I don't know. Romo's uh, yeah, the best. I, Be quiet. Look, dude, he's great. This is all I have to say. Romo. Amazing. Um, also Troy Aikman, amazing, still amazing. I love, nobody gives Troy Aikman any credit. No, he's he's fantastic. Um, what, who, who is, uh, Troy's, uh, partner, Joe, what's Joe Buck, Joe Buck, Buck. love him. Love Joe Buck. Joe Buck. You may not like him cause he's a, I, I comes off as arrogant. At times, not since the hair plugs admission, dude, ever since he admitted about, well, he finally, yes. There came a point where Joe Buck stopped being so like real yeah. serious and let it kind of go. And I, I actually, well, 
regardless, even then, he calls a great game. I mean, it's in his bloodline. He yeah. he calls a great game, whether you like him or not. But he's really like softened up, and I like I like him so much more now. Me too. And my another classic, um, um, I think should one day get Monday Night Football. I think it would be a to te- I think a team up that I think would be very fun for Monday Night Football is Ian Eagle, who I love. Ian Eagle. I love Ian Eagle. Started as a Jets broadcaster on the fucking. Fan. E- it's Ian Eagle, but he changed it because he wants to be like Ian Eagle. Okay, whatever. Hey, listen, man. <laughs> it's Ian Eagle. He comes every year. He comes on all the Jets podcasts. And he says, I love you guys. He is such a New York dude. I love him so much. Yeah. And another guy I really love who doesn't get, sometimes people complain about him, but I think he's great, is James Lofton. I love James Lofton. James Lofton. (laughs) He's a little, you know, he's older. Dude, you know who the best is? And, he, and 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 his career has taken off in different directions. Nate Burleson. Oh yeah, he's very good. Great. He was great when he would go on a game, and then he was great with Good Morning NFL, and he did the Nickelodeon uh, broadcast. And he's and now he's on you know CBS This Morning or Wake Up with CBS or whatever it is. And um, but Nate Burleson, that dude, that dude is like the best. Uh, I love that dude. Um, I just wish he was more on more football broadcasts i don't know if he's i don't think he is with the cbs job now but um um, i last week i was listening to a game i think it was the no it wasn't the god what game was it but i think it was michael vick was calling it oh wow and he was great i think it was Michael. michael vick and i was like holy shit he's really getting into this game I just liked it. He had a very conversational tone Uh because the thing that I don't like about the Monday night football crew, which I think kind of sucks. That's awful. They just trying to sound professional. Like, you know how it is solo. The best actors don't act. They just are in front of the camera, right? They just live. Uh And the best announcers, that's why I think Romo is so great because he gets on and he's like, holy shit, it's a game tonight. And he gets you excited yeah. about the game. Yeah. He now, he I sounds like two, your buddy. I have two things for you but that are on a different topic. But before, but before we get to that, I want to real quick that Monday night. Uh, Steve Levy is good for Sports Center and different reporting. But as the Monday night play caller, he's just, he just doesn't fit right. And I remember when week three last year or whatever, when he finally figured out how to pronounce uh, Edwards Elaire, not Elaire. <laughs> and every time he got Elaire, Edwards Elaire, I mean, he emphasized it like it was, I was like, shut up. Uh, Greasy's good in a two-man booth. He knows his stuff. I do like Greasy. And I love Lewis Riddick. Um, he, I, I'm a big fan of his. But just the three of them, it just uh, maybe with a better play-by-play caller, it it could work. But it, it, I don't know. It's just Monday Night Football used to be like, you know, you'd have your, you know, top-notch announcer and yep. a color yep. guy or two that. Well, would that's just Sunday night now, though. Them. Solo. Yeah, yeah. That's, Collinsworth and Michaels. Yeah, yeah, they flipped that's, it because you can't. Yeah, I don't know. You just can't say. I, I don't know, man. I can't. 
Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth this season, I fear that they they may be. I think Al Michaels might be headed out the door pretty soon. And yeah, like the, there was rumors of him going to Amazon or something and doing because they're going to stream yeah. games and he, I don't know. Yeah, well, Give you him- know what though, the NFL loves to float shit like that and then they get paid a bazillion dollars by the people yeah. who are still going to keep them, which is it's not going to. I mean, dude, in all the years that we've been watching football. You remember when it used to be when Fox wasn't in it and it was just NBC and C and then that changed and then Fox took over and then it's gone. I think uh, NBC had some games for a little while. They've been out of it for a while. Yeah. NBC would do the AFC stuff. I I know. All the Jets games, Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I. When I watch old games and stuff, I miss the NBC. I do like, too. Well, too. I really like Merlin Olsen and Dick Emberg. Yeah, I think they you have know, good I, crews. But you, what I'm saying is, it's been so long since it's really changed. You know, they yeah. fuck around a little bit here and there. Um, but I mean, I think they've got some great announcing crews right now. I'm rarely annoyed, um, save for when they the Monday night crew. And now that they have the Manning brothers, I can flip over to that and, and hopefully they'll stay a little bit more on the game. Cause when they stay on the game, they really help me understand things better. Cause I do want to know about, you know, if the safeties are playing deeper, I want to understand why the quarterback is checking off this receipt. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, mm-hmm. I want my depth of understanding of how a play works. I like when somebody really analyzes it and I'm super happy because you know me solo. We used, we could go back on old podcasts and we used to complain about how everyone yells all the time. And, and now <laughs> it's not like that. Everybody's analytics, everybody's super serious. They talk about offensive line. You know what I mean? Like I really yeah. think that podcasting has changed the, the tenor of NFL discussion way more serious and I love it because that's what I want to know about. I want to know. I don't care about somebody saying like, you know, Baker Mayfield's tough as nails. Like that's, yeah, oh, I don't yeah. care about that. Or like Terry Bradshaw throwing a football at the camera. Like that's just bullshit to me. I really want to know about plays and I want to know about. I don't even watch know? the pregames anymore. Oh, I never watch them. They're a joke. Never, they're never. a joke. They're, they're, they're stupid, garbage. Dude. Yeah, it's total garbage. All right. But hey, listen. We talked a little bit about that. I want to bring up this. Your Cowboys oh. were on Hard Knocks. Yeah. It was boring as shit. They got to change uh, so Hard boring. Knocks. Hard Knocks is not good anymore. It's bad. It's awful. It's the same thing. It's gotten yeah. worse. It's terrible. Um, I didn't even watch the last two episodes of Hard Knocks, and I'm a Cowboys fan. It just didn't do anything for me. I watched now, they're the doing the in-season one. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing the in-season one with the Colts, which yeah. is weird. I mean, it could be cool, but who would? What team would want to have camera crews around? Are they going to talk about Carson season? Wentz spraining both of his ankles on the same play? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, hard knocks. Unfortunately, no. um, um, what, what, how do you think they could fix it, Solo? What do you think it would they cost, could do? It would cost a lot of money. With my what, how I think they could fix okay. it. What do you think? It would oh. cost a shitload of money. I say. 
it, it would just be too expensive. But this is the way the only I think right now the only way you can fix it. The only way you could fix it is if you did every team in one summer. Ah, uh, yeah. And yep. I, I guess it would be like maybe end up being like a couple hours of footage of each team mm-hmm. and then do do um I don't know. You'd have to do different clips. I mean, it'd be tough with storylines. You could either do them as a loan, like maybe do a two-hour hard knocks for, um, you know, each team, you know, maybe. <laughs> and then you'd have every team and you watch whatever you want. The only problem with hard knocks now, why it worked when it started, was information wasn't as available. So exactly. you know people are getting cut three, four days before the episode airs. Like you, if you follow your team, yeah, you know, it's no, it's just not the whole inside training camp and everything really isn't a, it's been done. We know it. We've seen it. It's, there's nothing new. There is nothing new. True. I agree. So, yeah, I, I, I don't, so maybe you can't fix it. No, I think you're right. And I think you are thinking the way that I think it's probably going to go, which is, you know, the guy who took over HBO Max is the old head of Discovery. And when I found out that they were doing this mid-season indie (coughs) thing, I was like, this makes total sense. I think you're right, Solo. I think they're going to try to work with the NFL to do a hard knocks somewhat for every team and you can like go you can tune in live uh at at the train or it'd be an online thing like a streaming thing like cbs does with big brother uh really turn it into a franchise opportunity and even maybe do it year round hard knocks draft room hard knocks the signing Right, like when the new when the rook hard knocks the rookies, right? Hard knocks yeah. the vets. Hard knocks London when they go on the trip overseas. We get a special right. two hour right. hard knock. Yes, I totally think that's what they're going to do. Um, they have to do that, and it'll, the, this... it'll push them to do new things. Because also, what has to happen is the NFL has to relent a little bit. You have to allow bad things to be on or questionable things to be on camera but it's going to be tough for them to do that though my question for you is do people even want more hard knocks in different ways do they even care i don't know dude put i mean like two hours the london trip would be great but like do people want to watch that i think they do the nfl is now a year-round sport okay okay i think they do enough hell you know what bro I would totally watch Hard Knocks the Draft. Oh, yeah. yeah. Leading up to I the mean, NFL, we follow the top 10 players leading up to the draft. See, this is the only – well, I think they do that, don't they? Think ESPN just some like, hey, rookie, it's the NFL or whatever. Yeah, but that's ESPN. I want to see Hard right. Knocks do it. You know well, I mean? the like, only problem with the draft thing is – Teams probably wouldn't do that because they don't want to give out. Of course, if it's airing before the draft, <laughs> no. they're, they're like, "Oh, we really love Zach." Wilson, but they'll do but it though. Don't I mean, tell anybody. I think it, yeah. I think what you described is much like what they do with my new second favorite sport, Formula One, 
with Drive to Survive, where they follow all the teams for the whole season, and then mm-hmm. they do a 10-episode show on it. Um, you know, they did the Amazon show that's during the season, um, and that was pretty good for a couple seasons. I liked that, but I think the NFL yeah. wants to have like one partner, though Amazon is knocking on the door. Like you mentioned, there yeah. was big talk of Amazon getting like Monday Night Football. So that, that'd be, that. That would be kind of right. crazy. Axel, I got a couple things for you. Hit me. All right. So Lady Solo has never watched the show 24. She watched the legacy one without Kiefer Sutherland back in the day when that came on. I think Dr. Dre was the, the actor who played Dr. Dre and straight out of Compton, I believe was the head guy. Um, or I know the guy played Heath on the walking dead. Um, so we got Hulu and I'm like, you got to watch the first season of 24. And so we binged it over like a week and I freaking I've seen this first season twice already. Like, but that was when it came, like after it came out on DVD, like I, I binged it. Then I started watching it week to week, which you can't do with the show. Uh, and then I, you know, the next weekend I, my cousin and some friends came over and we binged it in two nights. I watched it again. I watched it again. And honestly, it is one of the best seasons of television. I think ever. It was so much fun. Even though I knew a lot of the things that happened, yeah, I was so into it. Still, my heart was racing. I, you know, <laughs> I'm rewatching I, I, it. It's done. I'm doing it, dude. I'm doing dude, it. Dude, it was it was fucking awesome. And the finale is so crazy. Oh, like, dude. Okay, I got to go back. I was th- dude, I, I was needed a show to kind of go back and rewatch. Um, Honestly, I'll do. It. I wanted to start season two right away, and right now I was like, I gotta. <laughs> I need time to process this. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need Chloe to get me my satellite and then I'll be ready. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Chloe. That's right. Chloe. Um, and it's funny how, you know, a lot of actors who are big now, you know, you see the little, um, you know, people with a guest spot and then, you know, gone on to do bigger things. I love that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but it was just, Oh my God! Even Lou Diamond Phillips, you know, came out for a couple oh, of, couple dude. episodes of Dennis. See, Hopper. this is what, you know what, man. That is, that's just fun stuff. I gotta, I gotta rewatch. And I'm, I, and you know, they are talking about bringing it back. That with Kiefer, oh. and oh, I'm totally down that. with it. Just do oh, yeah. the old show. Stop trying to fuck around with it. Just give yeah, me and, and a 24 later. hours. That's it. Yeah, later seasons it does get crazy. I mean, how many moles can you have? Yeah. Presidents are corrupt, and, but actually, after what we went through <laughs> the last four years, but it's That's, you know, but I like, know. it predicted things. I know. It, I mean, it does get crazy, but I was always into it because Kiefer Sutherland's the greatest. Oh, I, of course, he, he is. is Jack, and I totally forgot I had a McFarland toy twenty-four Jack Bauer. <gasps> I thought I sold it. And I looked in my closet. I'm like, I do have one. They made two of them, and I have one of them. And I'm oh, like, Tony. yeah. Tony I'm like, Almeida, all again. President Tony Palmer, Al- like, Chloe O'Brien, dude. Kim Bauer, Jack Bauer, Nina Myers, Nina Myers, oh, Aaron Pierce. These are all the. These are all the. Oh man, come on, Sherry oh, Palmer. Mike, remember her, Mike? 
oh, sh- dude, she's the greatest villain. Mike like, Novick. You hate her, but she is so good. Mike, I love Mike's. Mike's my boy. I love Mike. Um, but like at first, right now, I didn't like Tony Almeida. She's like, he's the mole. He's the mole. And then finally, I'm like, no, I, I had to. Like, she likes to know some spoilers. Like, I had to. T- I mean, if you haven't watched season one, fast forward. Oh wait, like, don't tell me. Come on, I'm gonna rewatch. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna remember anything. <laughs> Keep this no well, spoilers solo. All right, no spoilers. No spoilers. But Tony Almeida is awesome. Yes. like he's he's great. And uh, and, and you know, at first you don't like him, and then it. But yeah, dude, rewatch it. It is. See now it's easier to watch other TV when I'm rewatching because when I, when 24 count it was so intense. I had a hard time watching other shows because it was too slow. Like it was the first time, like that whole. Everything's happening so fast and they execute it so well during the commercial breaks, like the time goes off and then it comes back. And I and I'm guessing the time like we used to guess the time what it was going to be. Yep, yep. And like I'm doing that now and I'm like, oh, man, I'm Dude, 20 let seconds me tell off. you, 24 is the inspiration for smokers. Oh, I did not know that. 100 percent. 24. Nice. I was obsessed with that show. I didn't, I didn't realize. I, I guess I didn't never. I didn't remember you were you liked that show so much. I yeah, dude, totally. Oh, the, all the now the, you watched the whole series or did you stop? Or? No, I've seen every single episode of. 24, oh, dude. everything. I even watched the shitty. Yeah, the shitty ones too. There are a lot of them. What watch season one? Then we'll do a podcast on each season. I even watched the what I not consider very flagrantly not the two hour movie. That they did remember that oh yeah yeah that was not 24 people that was a two-hour movie yes <laughs> that was very sad very sad well wasn't was that writer's strike or something they I just think had it to was. get some content i mean they oh. were giving us content you know what are you gonna do? yeah they were giving us content and it's fine but jack bauer i mean i remember when donald ended up he rewatched it later like it was binging it he was obsessed too and it's so great and now you can just binge the whole because I don't know how some seasons I watched week to week. What am I insane? Like you can't. But like I remember season four, I didn't watch the whole season, and then I waited for the DVDs just so I could binge. I it. always let them pile up. I so yeah. Um, I th- no 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 no. That's not true because I watched the first season while it aired. See, I didn't. I. Watch season one, season two, episode one with my dad in a hotel room in San Diego. And so I knew the big spoiler. But I of missed someone episodes. Dying. Yeah. So I yeah. did but go then back I went and back. Yeah. 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 I binged it on DVD and then season two was catching up because yeah. I was like, the show's so good. I got to go watch season one now. And once I had a DVR, which has been w- way longer than a decade, yeah. um, I, was, uh, I was letting them pile up. Um, Dude. All right, I got one to throw at you. Okay. Solo. Great documentary series on Amazon, Lula Rich, about ladies, mostly stay-at-home moms, selling leggings online for this company, Lula Roach or some shit it's called. Well, Lula sounds Roo, great so far. Lula Roo. And it's like a, it's like a. You would love this. It's like a really? um, pyramid scheme. It's, it's oh. 
dude, it's great. It's true crime. The people who run it are interviewed and they're nuts. It's got oh, cult okay. aspects to it. Oh, all right. I'm it's in. Because I was like, like, they're selling leg stockings no, online. No, you are going to fucking like, love it, this? dude. It's a cult. It's basically a cult. It's a cult. Nice. It was a cult online. And you've seen it, too. Like, I didn't understand. It's so, like, the fucking internet is so weird. I didn't understand. I was in a group where they give like free shit locally. It was like my town and it was like free, free cycle or whatever, you know? And I got a couple free things like a desk for whatever, for our garage, which I'm in right now. And then all of a sudden, every once in a while, this woman would pop up doing a live Facebook live, just selling clothes. And I'd be like, what the fuck is this? And then I understood she was selling this LuLaRue shit and it would, Mm. women would get into it and it was like, but it was also like a self-help club and it was like, but it was all a pyramid scheme and it's four episodes. They're not too long. They did it. They Amazon did a great job with it. Oh, I'm going to check that out. Yeah. And actually, you know what? Netflix. I love Netflix. I was a little down on them a couple months ago. I was like, there wasn't a lot of great shit. Netflix is doing it good. I'm loving the circle. They're do they're releasing some great shit. Um, hey, check out Intrusion. My buddy Chris Sparling wrote that movie. It's number one on Netflix right now. Oh, okay. Oh, definitely, of course. Love Chris Sparling. Intrusion. Okay, well, check that out. But net, but I have to say. Netflix is going way too long with some of their true crime shit. I don't need yeah. six episodes. I don't this four Agreed. episodes under an hour each episode on Amazon was perfect. It was perfect. I was, I was pissed. I started getting sour on some of these true crime things. Too long. I mean, Son, Sons of Sam was good. That was that worked. Even that but was like, a little too long, I felt. Yeah. Yeah, probably an episode too long. Um but like the uh, making a murderer, that second season oh. was so long and it just was yeah. crap. No, and not. I was just like, you sucked me in and I'm just, I'm not happy. And that kind of soured me a little bit. So I'm kind of like wishy-washy on some of the things mm. because they what, do it go too long. Th- I'll tell you, you know, this new one, you'll like it with our man, Adrian Grenier from Entourage, not Podtourage people, Entourage. <laughs> The, uh, don't was get it excited. the catfish or something? What's clickbait. Clickbait, yeah. It's you told fun, me that. I gotta do dude. Clickbait. It's I gotta so dumb. It makes no fucking sense. At the end of it, they tell you what the fuck happened. There's no way you could have known that this is what happened. Like, this is not the kind of like mystery show where you can figure it out. It's just crazy drama shit. It's a couple episodes too long, but it's fun. And Adrian Click Greer bait. is in it. They'll do a part two to it. I'm gu- almost guaranteed they will. Um, oh, okay. One one other thing, because we have been going long here. I don't want to keep you too yeah, long. Yeah, so I got I got one I got one last thing when you're done with your thing. Okay, we'll end one on last... you. And I'm gonna say on... very quickly. I watched the first episode of Foundation on Apple TV last night. Absolutely amazing. Love the show. What is it? What's foundation? It is Isaac Asimov. It's about this society far well in a galaxy far away that has ruled that this empire is ruled for thousands of years. And this guy predicts it, that it will end. 
and it's with Jared Harris, and it's just it's amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's I really love Jared great. It's, but that's not Chernobyl. the one I wanted to mention, though. Oh, okay. Foundation. Let me write that down. Yeah. Lulu Rich and Foundation. Yeah, you'll love. Oh, you and Lady Solo will love Lulu Rich. Love yeah, it. I gotta love it. That's the number one recommendation. Foundation. Perry kind of fell asleep halfway through the first. It's very complicated. It jumps many years and different characters and yeah ha- it's definitely a lot of world building but if you're a sci-fi head you're gonna fucking love it um but the one okay. i wanted to mention was yes because this has been in pro- in so-called production for fucking as long as we have known each other matrix movies no, no <laughs> i'm really excited about those um why the last man which oh, is, it's on Hulu, right? Yes, FX on Hulu. FX on Hulu, because I, I I saw a preview of that and I put it in my queue. I'm like, this looks interesting. Yes, it is good. I think it's the first episode is really solid, kind of apocalyptic storytelling, um, and it is very good. But this comes from Brian K. Vaughn, who was a writer on Lost. Oh yeah. Who, who supposedly got the job, I think on Lost partly because of this comic book. Um Right. And Right, talk- right, yes. yes. Now it's coming back to me. And this ha- there's a monkey in it and it was going to they were going to make it on F they were going to make it on HBO, they were going to make it on Showtime, they were going to make it on FX. You got they- more holes than a kitchen sponge. Yes. Was so- a flash forward? Flash forward. <laughs> I've got your theories got more holes on a kitchen sponge or something. Uh, flash forward, man. Um, uh, anyway, flash, all I have uh, to say is this is a good show. Okay. I like it. It's topical. It, the characters are interesting. I've liked all four episodes. I think that I've watched three or four episodes and I would suggest it to anyone. Good show. Not a great right. show. And the oh, story sorry. is not. <laughs> super great so far that sucks and the monkey does not do anything in the show and i'm just and the bear (laughs) rewatch i actually you know what i had lachlan watch a cup a little bit of what was that busting loose with with the monkey clint Clint eastwood he loved it he's like why is the monkey punching people Um, and anyway i just wanted to comment on why the last man if you okay. hear about this show, a bunch of geek people are going to be like salivating and have big geek boners and be like, why the big last geek man? Boners. Oh my gosh. I've been waiting That's your for fantasy this. football team that you <laughs> been waiting for this geek boners. show for 20 years. It's the best thing that ever. And I just, I, I just sometimes hype can have the adverse effect on a person where you're expecting something amazing and it's just okay it's not great and also it's a tv show maybe the comic book was great and i'm watching the show so basically all i'm gonna say is after waiting for a decade and not reading the comic because i wanted to watch the show i probably should have read the comic Ah, okay that's what i have to say about why the it's not it's a a very unenthusiastic um review i know because it's a good show but maybe later i'll understand why they needed the monkey 
it just it's starting to annoy me because it's like would you like to buy a monkey <laughs> it's like this monkey. Snyder cut shit it's just where people become attached to something other than the actual thing right. and it kind of it just it's a little bit annoying but book readers know. oh okay. book um <laughs> all right i'm introducing a new segment on the pod all right what is it all right and then i have a challenge to patreon listeners and stuff after that and then i'm done okay (laughs) it's called three questions for axel Foley. all right i'm ready these are kind of less than two minute response not a huge thing unless you know okay so question number one for our new segment it's the first ever my question to you i got three questions for you number one napkins or paper towels what do you prefer? Cloth napkins we use in my house and I wash them. Cloth napkins. Ooh, you went above and beyond. I like it. We found All them right. in a box. They were Perry's from her family. And I was like, let's stop buying napkins. So we use them. It's environmentally safe. Yep. It's, uh, you feel a little classier. I like it. Axel. All right. Question number two. Axel Foley is doing his last ever podcast. Like, and then you're retiring never to podcast again. What would be the one topic you would talk about on your last pod? You and me doing this kind of podcast, just talking. Which is a lot of topics. Yeah. The topic would just be what's up with solo. Okay. (laughs) All right. Interesting. Yeah. I know it's tough. Like if you could talk about one thing, okay, if I could talk about one thing, one thing. I, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to be nice to you, but the, okay. answer the fucking question. You and me <laughs> talking about lost baby. Ah, perfect. Yeah. All right. I like that. All right. Question three, the final question on the new segment, three questions for Axel Foley. Your thoughts on the Jets rookie QB, Zach Wilson, so far. Love him. Love him. Threw three interceptions in the last game. F- almost four. 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 Okay, he did. No, he did throw four. four. Yeah. He could have thrown six, I think. <laughs> he should have, right? They dropped two of them. Um, yeah. I love the kid. I think he's confident. I think he's cocky. I think he's trying to force the ball. I like that because Sam Darnold was timid. He saw ghosts, and it wasn't just that Patriot game. I watched every single game Sam Darnold played in as a Jet. And I watched the, the, the Panthers game last night where he played the same way. I, I don't hate Sam Darnold. I wish him well. But I am very happy with Zach Wilson. If anything, he will be a beautiful failure that will bring excitement and fun, hopefully, to the rest of the season. But the thing I am worried about is the offensive line is horrible. Right. And he might get killed. Yes. So that is, it's very difficult. And I know all the, and I'm glad people, podcasters say it, they talk about football. You can't really judge a quarterback in the first, I would say, even five seasons without judging the offensive line. Because unless you're someone great, super great special point. like Lamar, where you're running all the time, 
where you might not need the offensive line so you can like take advantage of that it's just come on what can you do let me give you some hope the ki- the kids out there too early but we're in a day and age where rookie quarterbacks start that's yep. just how it is they don't wait anymore it just Mahomes waited a year then came in that seemed like Rogers forever come- right i know right right Aaron Rodgers, remember Steve Young? Oh, yes. Aaron Rodgers, like three years. I mean, if Favre doesn't get hurt, he doesn't, you know, um, in 07 or 08, whatever it was. Okay. The Jets' offensive line is terrible. And the kid's running for his life, and he's throwing off his back foot all the time because he's getting hammered. You know, Um, there's hope. He had a bad game against the Patriots, but need I remind you, rookie seasons for quarterbacks. Troy Aikman didn't win a game. They went 1-15. He was hurt most of the year. The one game they won, Steve Walsh was the quarterback. A lot of people forget that. Yep. And then year two, he got they were 7-9, seven, seven and nine, not very good. He got hurt at the end of the year. Babe Offenberg came in. They couldn't yeah. win a game. Peyton set the interception S- record. Yeah. S- season three with the Cowboys. Aikman, they, they were doing well, and then he got hurt. They did make the playoffs, but Steve Berline was the starting quarterback when they beat the Bears and then lost to the Lions. Then Aikman came in off the bench. but And then they won the Super Bowl in the fourth year. It was a different time. Uh, but give it time. And I think I like Michael Carter, your little quick running back. Yep, yep. There's there's peace. They really you, – you hope the Jets are competitive and he – but you don't want to win too many games. You need another top-notch I pick. I Get that left tap five, or whatever. Five games. Well, yeah. 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 Win yeah. five games and win them at the end of the year. Maybe win like three, you know, mm-hmm. four out of six we to end the, the year. Same right. thought, Solo. Yeah. Same so. thought, baby. I totally agree with you. Good foundation for the future. But also Joe Douglas's first couple drafts and the, the draft yep. with Gase was not that great, you know, and we've got to... And and you get killed. If you can't have a good draft, you have to build through the draft. You can't just spend money on all these free agents. It's the fucking owners, dude. Johnson, they were interfering and they were pushing Gase's picks onto onto fucking Douglas. They loved Gase for some reason. He won them over. And it was his arrogance. Fool's gold. They are, look, man... The Jets owners are are silver spoon, born on third base, thought they hit a triple, rich fucks who don't know anything. They just like to hang out, you know what I mean, and think they're important. I mean, look, man, I know people knock Jerry Jones, but that motherfucker lives and breathes football. Oh, he, he you, you know? may hate him, but he cares so and much. And he knows about football. He's he not does. always and right, it, but you know. I mean, he's he's human. He gets a lot of crap, uh, you know. But like, he cares so yes, much. That's like his when business. I when the Cowboys lose and I feel like crap, I realize Jerry Jones feels a hundred times worse yeah. than I do. Yeah, and I and, <laughs> I, mean, I, and I'm thinking you know. that the Johnsons are just off to their next party. That they yeah. can talk about how they're upset. They have something to talk about at a fucking cocktail party now. You know, fuck them. All right, let's I mean, wrap this up, Solo. All right, well, I have, to, I have a challenge. Okay. I I don't know. I would love to do it on Halloween, Ooh. but I don't know with people with trick or treating and whatnot. But 
I love Halloween and every year it just goes by so fast. And I feel like I don't experience it enough. And what I want to do to DJ Timmy Hines, the Gina's out there, the Andos, anyone who wants to come out, I would want to do an extravaganza pod where we talk about like horror movies, oh. our experiences, maybe watch some bad, you know, Halloween movies, talk about them. Everyone bring a movie to the table that they watched and kind of get a fun Halloween horror pod, like five or six of us or whatever. And and let's do it. And let's, let's, cause I, I, every year I go, I'm going to watch all the Halloween movies and I watch one. I'm I'm determined to watch like three, four and five because I haven't seen the, you know, I, I, you know, trick or treat. I watch every year. This is what we're doing. Let's do this. It's Friday. Let's do it. It's September 24th. Next week starts October. We're going to do 31 days of Halloween horror on our Facebook page. Okay. Everyone's going to contribute. I'm going to put an announcement up and just let's do a lot of posts about your favorite horror movies and Halloween movies. And then I will organize a podcast. Perhaps we'll even do it live on the Facebook with a bunch of folks We'll all get on there. Video is not necessary, folks. If you're listening and want to participate, we don't. You don't have. I'll just do the video por- portion. I'll be the host. But let's do that, baby. I love it. Let's. Let's. Yes. We're doing it. I all right. Thought well, about I got to wrap this day. up because I hear the kid oh, coming in the house. Oh, whoa! It's two p.m. My, I think I'm about to. Uh, my recording is about to end too. Okay. Because we've been going for two hours, baby. Yeah, baby. I love Bringing this. you content. This was a great pod. I'm going to let you take us out solo. All right. DVR Podcasting Network. Patreons. New people to Daily DVR. Become a patron. Sign up. It's only a couple bucks a month. We're going to have some awesome stuff in the near future. We may never podcast again, but I have to say that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's do this. I'm excited, Axel. It was fun to catch up with you. Finally, now that my movie's in post-production, I can do more potting, and we talk anyway, so we should just record our conversations. That's what we do, and I'm excited. And I'm really excited about this horror Halloween extravaganza yeah, coming up. Let's do it. I'm excited. Let's do things like this. I'm excited. So thanks again. We love you all. Thanks for listening. Axel, you're the man. Go take care of your son. I'm going to go probably to the bathroom and... Enjoy my day. Have a good one, Solo. (laughs) Thank you, buddy. Peace. See ya. All right, man. That was awesome. Good job. Fantastic, brother. I loved it. I loved it. All right. I got to go get the kid. Okay, brother. Peace. Peace. I can't speak.